Hello and welcome to a very timely episode of Songs That Changed You. My name is Aiden, and we talk so much on the podcast about songs that have had a real impact on people, changing their life forever. But today, I really hope that this podcast has that effect to change people's hearts, minds and attitudes I don't want to say too much here because I think Scott does a much better job than I ever could. But if you like what you hear, please subscribe. Check out the back catalogue of great episodes up there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you grab your podcasts. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Songs that changed you. Here we are talking music once again, and my guest today is currently out on a 73 date tour around Australia. He's just excited to have a break from the stage and join me in the studio for a bit of a relaxing conversation about music. His name is Scott Darlow. If you're not familiar with his music, you keep it That's a little taste test for you. Scott, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Now, have I counted correctly? 73 dates you're currently Mate, doing? you know what? I don't even know. You said 73 and I was like, is that even correct? Is I, that, I was is that counting a through and yeah, I, I lost count around has, the 70 mark. It, bro, it's changed and there's more being added in and there's some that haven't happened. But look, if you include schools and jails and all the pub shows and the promoted shows, yeah, there's been thousands. <laughs> And I feel like I've been on the road since the 90s. It's only been three months. <laughs> but I, I feel like, yeah. Do you like touring? Like, is it enjoyable or is it at the point where you're like, I just want to go home? Oh, no, look, mate, you can't not ever remember that. Like, how blessed am I doing this? Like, there are people who go off and do a job every day that they hate. Yeah. Right? So they can save up their money and go to a music store and buy some crappy guitar <laughs> and sit in their bedroom and play Wonderwall and no one will ever hear them. And I get paid money to play the songs that I made up to real-life people on a guitar that I didn't have to pay for. So, you know, the minute I start forgetting that, I start remembering that, like, I, I want you know, punch me in the face. <laughs> so, no, I do. I love it. I love All right. Time. Well, I, I can't guarantee I'll punch you in the face, but I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> How long have you been performing and, and, you know, going into schools and doing pubs and all the rest mm. of it? Oh, performing my, like my whole life. Somebody asked me this yesterday in a school that I played at. So I was like, when would you first start playing in front of people? And I was like, well, I was five years old. I was going to the Salvation Army Church with my parents. And, and I remember sitting in church just looking at the brass band because these have brass bands on stage. Yeah, right? so yeah, yeah. No, no organ or anything. It was like 25 dudes with trombones and tubers, you know. It's it's Harold Bishop with the, um, the it trombone. Is, <laughs> 100% it's Harold Bishop. And, dude, I remember I was like, mom, 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 I'm five. You've got to get me a trombone. And mum's like, your arm is that long. Yeah, and it's not going to work. So they got me a cornet, which is like a trumpet, and and I could just play it. I just you know, and I and so I, st- I was playing in brass bands with fully grown adults. By the time I was about eight, seven or eight, and um and and they had me on the stage doing like you know cornet solos and things like that. By the time I was about eight, sort of wheel me out, and so I, I feel like I've been on stages my whole life. Yeah, definitely. Well, Scott, what is the song that you have chosen for us to discuss today? The iconic classic Aussie rock song, Solid Rock. Solid 
So this is from 1982. Uh, Goanna released it. And you've got quite the history with this song, but we'll get to that. When did you first hear it? Oh, look, I, do you know what? I reckon it's one of those songs that's always just been in my consciousness. I don't even remember the first time I heard it. Okay. Because um, it's one of those staples. It's, like, yeah. It's I on mean, the radio all the time. It, yeah, it was, it was. it's always been. It's always been for me. So what was it about this song that connected so well? Oh, I mean, it will... You understand, for Aboriginal people, it's the first time we heard a song on the radio that had Yidaki in it. Like, when did that ever happen? It's a song that actually speaks about our journey. And it's remarkable that radio played it in 1982. Mm. Like, it's interesting, talking to Shane Howard, who wrote the song, I was like, mate, how did you get that lyric played on the radio in 1982? He goes, I don't think they even listened to it. He goes, they just liked the hook in the chorus and that was enough. Yeah. You said a word just then, Yiraki? Mm. Yiraki. Yiraki. Yiraki? Y-I-D-A-K-I, Yiraki. Yiraki. Yeah. That's so, what we would know as didgeridoo, yeah, is that that's correct? Right. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, so one of the things I'm really passionate about, like, so I grew up in Hong Kong for six years. My dad was a social worker for the Salvation Army, running refugee camps. And and, and as a kid, even, I, I noticed that you'd meet Chinese people and you'd ask them their name and they'd give you some Western name. Oh, my name's Winston. Yeah. Whatever, you know. And it's like they felt that they had to change who they were to fit in with these superior white people. That was the, that was the mentality of it, right? Because it was a British colony at that time. Now, for me, I'm a Yorta Yorta man. That means my family are from Yorta Yorta country, which is Shepherd and Ichuka on, on the river. The didgeridoo, that's the name the English people made up for it when they first got here because they okay. thought that's the sound it made, a didgeridoo. But okay. the truth of it is its real name is, the, is Yiraki. That's what it's called. That's what it is. Right, and and I think what we've got to understand is right. If you live in this country and you call it home, you're as much Australian as I'm as an Aboriginal man. Right now, this is a, this is a big idea, but I want you to understand this. The thing that just, makes just take it take it slowly for me because yeah. big ideas, big ideas. Know, I'm gonna go really slow. That's all right. <laughs> but I want you to understand, right? Like everybody out there listening, and this is one of the problems that we have is that media don't want us to actually come together. Because it doesn't sell papers to come together. Totally. Now, if you live here and you call this country home, you are as much Australian as I am as an Aboriginal man, right? We're equally Australian. Because here's the thing. The thing that makes this the greatest country on the planet is that we've always welcomed everybody that ever came here. And I believe that we are the greatest country on the planet. I've spent, like I spent six years living in Hong Kong. I spent a couple of years living in America. I've been to 39 countries, right? I've been all over the world. And this is the best country on the planet. My dad's family came here in the 1800s as convicts to, Scott, to, to, to Tassie. They were 15 and 14-year-old brothers who were arrested for stealing fruit in London. They were Scottish boys and come to England to get work, couldn't get work, caught stealing fruit. Seven years jail in Tassie. Now, England would have looked at them like they were total scum, right? They're Scottish, they're teenagers and they're thieves. We hate you. But Australia turns around and goes, you're going to have another crack. Yeah. And, and you, might, you might be nothing over there, but you could be something here. Seven generations later, I'm living the greatest life ever because this country welcomed my family. But I think for me, what, I, what I've come to realize is what we've got to do, if we want to see real healing in this country, right? And if you're out there and you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you are not passionately seeking healing with the first peoples of this country, then you're not doing it right. And I'm sorry if that convicts you or makes you feel bad. But that's the reality of it. Because when Jesus is challenged by the Pharisees, what's the most important commandment in the Bible? He turns around and he goes, the first is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he says a sentence that we often don't actually Continue really want to talk about. We don't, we don't yeah. talk about the second sentence. He says, the second is like it. 
Break that down. What that means is what I'm about to tell you is as important as loving God. That's the pedestal he puts it on. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the other words. And then he says all the other words of all the other prophets and all the other commandments hang on this. You want the new covenant? It's to love your neighbor. So all of you people out there who are going to church every Sunday morning who are praying for revival, if you're not worried about the backyard God's already given you, get off your knees and start worrying about it. Because he's not going to give you more if you can't be trusted with the first bit you've already been given. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, getting back to this song that meant so much to you, hearing Aboriginal music on the radio for the first time, is that why you chose to re-record a heavier version recently? Uh, yeah, more... Well, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, it's it's heavier. I guess it's heavier. Yeah, that was in 2016. So we say recently, but it's it's seven years ago now. Okay, which, but yeah, it was well, an it's amazing. More recent than 1982. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it was um, it was yeah, and it was an amazing experience. So we we did a version of it and and um, recorded the whole thing in LA actually. Well, in Orange County with it with a producer who'd never heard the original. He just heard our demo of it, right? So, which I think was a good thing because I think if you're going to cover somebody's song, you've got to do it differently enough to make it worth doing, but not so differently that you. Don't pay respect to the original. It's yep. a really fine line you've got to balance. you got to tread. So anyway, I did this version. I rang Shane Howard up. I'd met him once and I sort of stalked him online. And, and um, I said, look, I've done a version of your song. If you don't like it, I might release it. I just wanted his blessing, you know, initially. And he, and he came back and he said, oh, I really like it. It's amazing. I love the guitar parts in it. I love that guitar hook at the front. And, and then I came back as emboldened with that feedback. I said, oh, well, how about if you come and sing it with me? Yeah. And I didn't think he'd say yes, because like, what's he need me for, mate? He's already a legend. And I'm at this stage, I was unsigned. I didn't play on the radio. No one knew who I was. But he did. He said yes. And he rocks up. And until he actually he kind of got out of this van to do the session. And I remember looking at him thinking, I can't believe he's actually here. You know, And then he sings it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's how you sing. All right. I, I figured that out. All right, that's actually how you sing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's amazing, you know. And um and so we released it independently, and it just got added to radio all over the country. Like Triple M added it nationally, everywhere. ABC added it. Like it just, it became the most played rock song in the in, in the country for two months on the radio. And so then they rang me and they said, "Oh, do you want to come and sing it live on Eddie Maguire's breakfast show?" And I was like, "Oh, all right." And so we rocked up and did that. And and then when you do that at, at sort of those bigger radio stations, what happens is like all the sales stuff. Ever there's like a hundred people gather around and watch you do it. As yep. you would know because you've you know, spent time at those stations. And yeah. And so we come, we finish it, and I was so early and I was nervous, and but Shane came and did it with us, and and so we came off stage and everyone's clapping and everyone's patting us on the back, and then my wife was there and she goes, oh, who's that old homeless looking person? I said, shut your mouth, that's Michael Gadinsky, you know, <laughs> and MG was in there having doing an interview, and he saw me playing Yudaki and guitar at the same time, which I do, and and he liked that, and then I got a phone call that afternoon going, oh, Mushroom want to sign your publishing. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I did that. And then, so, you know, that whole experience just changed my life because I ended up getting a record deal with, with Reclusive, who's a mushroom label. It was Michael Gadinsky's personal label. Um, got a, a better booking agent, which is, you know, premier artists who are owned by Mushroom. Yeah. You know, so, and it's funny because looking back, there was no reason Shane Howard should have ever said yes when I asked him to do that track. Like, honestly, what's he need me for? Doesn't it? The song's still getting played on the radio. He doesn't need me for anything, but he does it because he's kind. He's a kind person. And that's the lesson I took out of it is always be kind. Like do things for people that you don't have to do. Go out of your way to be kind to people. Be kind to people that don't deserve it. Tell me about meeting him for the first time and and that feeling that, you know, mm. he gives you the tick of approval with this song. Oh, yeah, it was, it was outrageous. He came down with his wife, Teresa, and, and, and they're just lovely people. And and he's he's got this charm about him. I think when you meet, when you meet Shane, he's... I mean, he's a genuine, bona fide Aussie music legend. 
And a lot of those guys, and I've been really fortunate the last five or six years, and I've spent time, I've toured with Jimmy Barnes, I've spent time writing and recording and touring with Diesel, um, Eskimo Joe, the Super Jesus, UMI, I've hung out with the, with the Hoodoo Gurus boys, like all those bands that you grew up loving. And like they're all lovely, but Shane has this real ability to just be so gentle and disarming and like you just wish he was your dad. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. He's just a genuinely amazing dude. I love that because you often hear like, don't meet your heroes. You know, oh, they're never going to live up to 90% it. 90% of the time you should never meet your heroes, to be honest. But that was I've one that, that paid off. Way, yeah. yeah. So in, you know, 20, 30 years time, mm. uh, when you get the call and someone's re-recording your song, mm. um, it's a big yes from you? Well, it would be, except that I'm really hoping and believing that Jesus will come back before then. Good and, call. And uh, I will be <laughs> in my new body that does not need an ear replacement. Right. But no, if that hasn't happened, then yeah. Yeah. I'll, well, yeah, it'll depend. I mean, you know, if the version's good, I mean, you got to... I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, we still, as, as much as Shane's kind, we also did a rockin' version of his song. Yeah. That are. is the preface. It's got to be a good version. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> before we let you go, I know we've touched on it slightly. Yeah. Well, actually, we've touched on it heavily before. We have. But I want to just quickly mention, I'm not here to tell people who to vote. and no. n- Nor, I would argue, are you. But no. I'd like you to just, for anyone that is going to the polls very soon for the referendum, what should people think about from a, you know, a, a Christian Aboriginal man um mm. What would you like people well, to be left with? Let, let's just go back a sec, because the reality is that this is not a political issue. This is a social justice issue. The things I'm talking about now are the same things I spoke about 20 years ago. The, 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 the massive discrepancy in life expectancy, the children in prison, the communities without hope, all of these things, it's just not getting better. And the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. And the truth of it is we've got to actually have this enshrined constitutionally because if we don't, some other government's going to get in and they're going to turn it around. I mean, I'm a spokesman for World Vision, right, for their their First Nations programs. PS World Vision do amazing work in First Nations community. But, you know, the amount of times that NGOs go and do fantastic programs and the government changes and they don't even care that that program's working, it's not our program and they, they, they defund it. Yeah. Now, I'm not asking you all to pack up and sell your cars and move to the communities and, and, and all we want you to do is actually do, do the right thing and vote so that we can have the right people in the right roles speaking into these things. Scott Darlow, thank you so much for coming in. I really no appreciate your time, mate. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We're going to play the song for everyone now. Um, this is the original or do you want to play your no, version? play my version. Okay, let's check on Don't your talk version. about it and then not play it. <laughs> All right, we're going to play uh, Scott Darlow's version. Obviously, teaming up with uh, Shane Howard from Goanna. This is Solid Rock.
from a heart of darkness Searching for a heart of light Standing on solid rock Standing on sacred ground Living on borrowed time The winds of change Blowing cold at night episode of Songs That Change You was recorded on the land of the Ghana people. Each episode is produced, edited and hosted by Aidan Grant. That's me. I'd like to also thank Zach Spencer for additional audio assistance and Pastor David Hall for helping support the show. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to get in touch, maybe you have a guest suggestion or any kind of feedback, please email aidang at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>